Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien... Everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNews35. That's DCNEWS35. DCNews35. Use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com. Welcome one and all episode 126 of the DC Comics News Podcast, where we talk everything DC. Uh, movies, TV streaming, comics, uh, and everything in between in the world of uh, DC. So with me today, I'm your host, Brett Flicky. With me today is the amazing Seth Singleton. How you doing, Seth? I'm good, but I feel like I'm missing like a cape or a unitard. Like if I'm going to be amazing, I need to come out like splash, you know, and people need to be able to see that. Or if nothing else, hopefully I've created the image in their mind, if not yours, Brad. Of me, like, <laughs> splash! Yeah, maybe, you know, jazz hands, little glitter, sparkle. <laughs> How are you, man? Things good? I, I'm good. I'm good. For sure. Okay. So we've got a lot of news stories this week, uh, a lot of really fun stories. So let's just jump right into it. But unfortunately, the very first story is uh, a very sad one, as we learned this week of the passing of artist uh, Robson Roca from complications uh, from COVID. Uh, what was your take on this, Seth? It, it's... It's a mixed feeling, you know. You, first, I'm just heartbroken by his passing. I mean, it's just a you know a sad event. Anytime you you lose a creative force, you don't you don't know what's you know what would have been around the corner, what the next chapter could have looked like. And you know that's always the thing with an artist. They're they're constantly creating. They they could be on the cusp of something. And um, I, I I know that. COVID has no discernment for age, you know, and, and apparently um, that was a factor with him. Uh, Rocha, like, got sick, then seemed to get better, and then, you know, tragically, there was this awful turn. I mean, you look at just some of the art that's shared in the article here, and anybody listening, you know, go check it out on DC Comics News, just because it's got the great art, and, you know, Josh Rayner, pretty solid writer. Uh, but you know, you, you look at just how, how beautiful it is. You, you, you look at how much, you know, sort of joy and excitement. I mean, this mixture of emotions expressed just in that picture from him. And then, I mean, I just look at the fact that the guy's three years younger than me, you know, I, 
you know, I'm all over the place with the idea of like, how does that equate in my mind? You know, I mean, I really don't feel we've hit the age, you know, where, where it's as common for people our age to pass. It's just not as common yet. And it feels so young. It feels too soon. It, it feels, it feels like one of those things where even when I want to say my heartfelt, you know, condolences, my heartfelt expression of compassion for the family, for anyone who knew and loved him and is, is feeling the, the pain of his loss. And yet at the same time, it feels like you want to do more, you know, you want to find some way that you can recognize this person. And, and so many of the great people that we've had past, it just, it, it feels like this, uh, this thing that you're doing in the moment and the whole time you're saying it out loud and going, yeah, I wish I was doing this better right now. I, I'm, I'm just left with that. You know, there's, there's a certain amount uh, of words that can be said. And then there's also a certain amount in which words just don't measure up. You look at this art, you look at the life and all you can think of is there was so much more to say. I guess that's where I'm really sort of at on this one. Uh, Brad, what was your take, man? I mean, how, how was your uh, reaction? Yeah, yeah, you, you nailed it. I mean, I, I, it's just such a tragedy. He did have so much ahead of him. What he could have done. I mean, his art was spectacular. As like you said, the, the pieces in the in the article, were you know, his art was just incredible. Such, such a loss. And we as fans had that loss, but his family feels so much worse. So my heart goes out to them. And it just proves that we are not done with COVID and COVID can be a really sneaky and dangerous disease. It said in the article that he was, it looked like he was recovering. And then a few days later, it, it just went the other direction. And it's such a, you just never know. You just never know how your body's going to react to getting it. So please, everyone, stay safe. This is just something that has hit every every corner of the planet every industry you know everybody knows somebody who was affected by this and this is just just what what an incredible loss so it's just it's it's just such a shame but my heart does go out to his family and uh moving on uh to movie news and some better news First story is that the reactions, first reactions to Suicide Squad have hit social media. Looks like uh, some press has gotten to see the film. Uh, what was your take on this? I'm a big fan of these stories. I always love it when you get a chance to just sort of, you know, know that as is the case, in order for someone to do a review before the movie comes out, they get the advanced screening. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't mind if they got to see it at the same time as us and then had to race to report it to anybody else who didn't see it. Cause sometimes I don't need a review, you know, sometimes I'm already sort of tainted by the review. And I, as I got to a certain age, it became a, a point of contention with me. Like, Nope, Nope, not reading anything about this until after I've seen it. And then I can, cause otherwise it just feels like, you know, you're putting on a different color, you know, pair of glasses or sunglasses before you go in there. 
But the first one on this story is pretty awesome. Any doubts you might have over the Suicide Squad will vanish after the outrageous opening. Seriously, if I needed a lift up after the, the story we just talked about, like, give me something to laugh about. Give me a reason why it is that, you know, there's there's things to look forward to. And this is clearly one um, great description suggested by everyone who's, you know, posting on it. <laughs> I love the one that shares with uh, Margot Robbie from Jeff D. Um, you know, and also like with some of these folks, I'm like, I don't know who this person is, but it's a cool thing that they're saying. And it's pretty fun. And I love that people are out there finding, you know, different voices that are talking about i mean clearly um a lot of the characters that we've been hoping to see some of the great stuff are are getting recognition whether it's blood sport whether it's polka dot man um it, it it looks like the fan reactions are you know what we've been feeling through the previews and the warm-up and the teasers and all that and now it's just like okay okay can we get it <sighs> When can we get it? Because <laughs> yeah, yep. we're ready, you know, like, you know, it, you know, do these things like a week before it comes out and, and we'll be fine with it or something or do it a couple of days. But anyways, I know it's on its way. And I know that from these reviews, there's so many great things to look forward to. And I love it when people are quoting stuff and they're like bonkers, like that's as good as they can. <laughs> <laughs> you, you feel that there's like this overwhelming of like, yeah, I, I want to say either a whole comma, 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 a list of things that are, you know, great about it. Or I'm just like, Bleh! Brad, what was your take? Were you on the comma, comma, comma? Yeah, you know, the cynic in me always takes these first social media reactions with a grain of salt, thinking that maybe they felt they had to talk it up since they were invited early, or maybe there's something going on behind the scenes that they just want to get the buzz going. But these just seemed so overwhelmingly positive and so saying it was so off the wall fun that I, it just makes me even more excited. Uh, my cynicism kind of melted away. And plus, I think it is a really good sign uh, that Warner Brothers didn't have an embargo, that they let the movie be seen early. It shows that they have a lot of faith in it. And uh, I just happened to love the line where one of the, one of the tweets said, I forget who it was by, but one of the tweets said it was the most James Gunn movie ever. And <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it sounds like something that I'm going to love. So, yeah, I I cannot wait for this. And this just yeah. makes me, when I can't be more excited, this makes me even more excited. When I was, I remember when I was little and we rented Raiders of the Lost Ark for the first time, literally for the night before, they wouldn't, my parents wouldn't let me watch it. At, before I went to bed, it was too late, so I had to watch it in the morning, and I could not sleep that entire night because I wanted to watch that movie so bad. And I feel like that's going to be me again with this movie. Just wait until 3 a.m. when it drops on HBO Max so I can hit play. I uh, yeah, I, I I can't wait for this for sure. And these reactions. <laughs> I also feel so, like uh, yeah, what you were just saying with the one like it's the most it's the most James Gunn movie ever. Like, I feel like that's the same cop-out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's bonkers. It's the most James Gunn of James Gunn. You're ever going right. to James Gunn. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And our next story, uh, Colin Farrell uh, recently discusses how much Penguin we're going to get to see in the Batman. Uh, what was your takeaway from this? 
Well, you know, this is where I come in a little bit jaded. Like, okay, um, you know, how much of this is is them sort of either playing with our expectations? You know, like you were just saying about the last story, like, okay, I sort of come in here a, a little bit sort of, you know, questioning a lot when it comes to the social media reactions or reviewer reactions, things like that. With, with a story like this, I'm always like, yeah, but isn't it your job as the actor behind it to sort of like shape things a certain way, like to, you know, create a sense of expectation that's then going to be changed significantly by the actual movie experience, like watching the characters. Like if I knew that, all right, perfect example, the movie Interstellar, which is one that I can like watch all the time. They they did a big thing with that one when it came out. For anybody who hasn't seen it, I'm sorry if I'm spoiling this for you, but it was like five years ago, and I feel pretty good. Um, they they had a, a surprise appearance by. Uh, actually, you know what? I can avoid that. I still, if you haven't seen it, fine. I'm not going to ruin it. There was an actor who makes an appearance like two thirds into the movie, and when he makes the appearance, it was a big surprise. And I found out later, like during the whole tour, all of the promo for it this actor was never part of the crew. Like the whole point was to leave the expectation in one way and then it'd be a surprise. So when it comes to a story like this, I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> but I love that it starts out also by giving us that first person feeling of what it was like when COVID, you know, sort of kicked in and really started messing with them. Um, and apparently Colin Farrell, like doesn't care that mostly family friendly audiences will want to read this <laughs> because he's like bah, bah, Batman and you can fill it to like whatever bah, bah. Yeah. Um, you know and basically out of the line Batman has COVID that was pretty awesome yeah. but you know he, he also points out the fact that I'm going to appear and when I appear well it's going to be specific you know what I mean like there's going to be a reason why he appears. I feel like for whatever reason, he's going to be a guy a little bit behind the scenes, maybe playing, you know, pulling some strings and, and depending on which version of him we're getting true businessman, Penguin doesn't mind when people, you know, go toe to toe because it seems like as far as he's concerned, there's always an opportunity to make money off a situation. You just got to make sure you're landing in a position where you can make the money. And if there's going to be things like, you know, street gangs trying to load up on weapons so they can take on this new Batman uh, threat that they're facing or who's been, you know, kicking their butts everywhere, he's going to be selling them the weapons or, you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So I feel like he's going to make some significant moments where he appears, but that the impression left will also be, okay, how long was he waiting to do that? And how much was he, you know what I mean? The idea of the knowing person who drops in at significant moments. Because what I like about that is the idea of him maybe offering some assistance for the right price. And what the challenge is for Batman to accept or refuse that. And then also, would that play into a development of the character for a future movie? So some of those things really caught my attention about this. But as I said, I came into it a little sort of like, yeah, you tell me what you need to tell me because you're under contract and there's stuff you can't say. What did you think of? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, this story could go either way because if you if you look back on uh, Dark Knight, 
Joker isn't in that movie all that much, really. I mean, to this day, I will still sit down sometimes and just go through the just just the YouTube videos of the Joker in that movie. And it's not it doesn't take that long to get through it. So that doesn't even if it's just a smaller or, or less time on screen role, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to be an important character. So. I still think that it could be uh, a very effective thing. And also uh, another angle is that maybe they're not using him much because they have things in store for the character in a future film. So, you know, I, I, I don't think that this story necessarily means that it's not going to be an important character one way or another. Um, and I, and I don't know if I really trust Colin Farrell when he says nine minutes. I think he could be <laughs> underplaying it just a little bit. I think we might get more than nine minutes. But, um, yeah, you know, we'll see. It's still one of those things that picks your curiosity but still leaves you, you know, with very few answers. So, um, yeah, we'll see. And uh, I'm just glad that Matt Reeves is working hard to get this out next year because i can't uh, i can't wait to see it i think that 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 trailer really blew everybody away so i'm looking forward to seeing you know more footage soon so yeah so we will see and uh our last bit of movie news this week is that uh, dwayne the rock johnson took to twitter uh to say that his work on black adam has uh has wrapped as far as uh you know filming uh, for him. Uh, what was your take on this? 1,000 brilliant and hungry crew of filmmakers and storytellers. That's that's a pretty impressive accompaniment mm-hmm. to take on a challenge like that, right? Like, I love that part about the, uh, you know, who is involved and, and how much. And <laughs> I love his little reference to, now I'm going to go have some fun with that $10,000 I made. And I'm like, I don't think it was ten grand, buddy. Just let me go ahead and say that for you right now. I'm calling capital B and capital S, leaving it at that. That's right. I call it bold schnitzel. So, um, (laughs) but uh, when it comes to how long this has been going, there's a part of me that just sort of pauses and goes, for real? Are you sure? Sure you want to go back and do a reshoot? Are you, you sure? Okay, because I'm ready. I mean, I'm ready. I'm, <laughs> but at the same time, how many times did we hear a story like, ah, getting closer? Please tell me we're really getting closer. And then, you know, delay, delay, delay. So this is huge news. Love the expression from him, um, you know, and that feeling of just gratitude, I think, for all the people who brought this together. It also makes it sound like just with a thousand people involved. There's a fair degree of, you know, epic expectations, I think, that kind of come with that. You know, those grandiose, sort of like the the Ten Commandments kind of like stuff that you expect from theaters where you're like, wow, that was a lot of work. But that's me. What do you think, bro? You know, honestly, when it was announced that this project was happening, I there was a big part of me that thought this will never see the light of day. But... His enthusiasm for the character is so infectious that I think it was just, it's like he willed it into 
into existence. So I, I just, it's been really fun to watch his enthusiasm for this project and the character and the story. Uh, and I really think that that's going to show in the finished product. And I'm glad that, you know, the production now is, is getting close and it's looking like, you know, it's, it's funny to think that last year's fandom, which was, you know, a little over a year ago at this point, um, we, all we got was very few hints and maybe like those get those pieces of art. But now I I'm willing to bet that we will have a trailer of some sort. Uh, for fandom in October, so that will be that will be fun to see. So, you know, I uh, yeah, and and I don't I don't follow him on Twitter, but from my knowledge, it's not like he's tweeting things like this about Jungle Cruise. You know, this is like this is like <laughs> this is like his baby. So, it's uh, yeah, I, I think we're gonna be in for a treat. Seriously. So. I'm pretty sure he's going to be offered the chance to teach like a masterclass on this at some point, like how to build a DC character over time and do it right. And, and yeah. not worry about, you know what I mean? Like this guy could seriously like, you know, do it. If not, it's just going to be a seminar on how to be patient when, you know, trying to launch your own superhero uh, because the, the, this guy is like, you know, the pinnacle clearly. And and he's still it's like ten years later and I think he's even bigger and more muscular than he was when he signed the contract. Like, yeah, if that was possible, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. But there was also uh, I don't know if you saw it. If you go on Instagram, dude, find his account because the guy's active as all get out. And he had a great picture that was a it was a black and white taken from behind him, like shoulders up to the neck, and it was showing like a scene. And he was like, it was a really cool. Uh, shot from the movie you know like clearly there was one of those scenes that they had just shot or were staging and whoever snapped it i was like oh i already got a feel for it you know what i mean it was uh get a chance nice so i'll definitely do that (laughs) and uh (laughs) jumping into the tv streaming side of things uh we got a new trailer for uh titans uh, season three. Uh, what did you uh, What did you think of this trailer? I think the biggest thing that I noticed with uh, with this one is that the previous one sort of gave us a lot of hints of things that were coming our way. This seemed to give us a sense of like um, bullet points as far as expectations for the season. Now, how many of them are going to happen early in the season? How many of them could occur later? Um, I do have this feeling that in order for the versus part to take place, it'll probably happen in the first one or two episodes and then maybe three, whatever, and then eventually build into this issue of what happened to transform um, a former Robin into Red Hood. And then there's an interesting challenge being suggested in that Batman is so frustrated by what has occurred and so like at a loss that he's basically turning to dick and saying be a better batman you know i'm I'm hanging it up and that's an interesting you know batman has at times questioned how effective he is and, and if he's the right man doing the job that he's doing and for how long and um i feel like this should be some interesting pressure points on dick because one of the biggest challenges is he's been a leader and with the titans He's failed at times, and this is going to put even more pressure on a guy who 
only recently started to like get his stuff back together. And now he has to take that and, and match it up against this challenge of, you know, the suffering of a Robin as well as what it means, you know, to, to feel like you have to go against a friend in, in battle or someone you used to think of as a friend who might not think of you that way. That that's going to really dictate all of the actions that you're willing to take. But we also know there's some great stuff coming our way from this that, that lets us know, like, uh, you know, we've got a uh, we've got a Starfire and her sister thing to worry about, as well as a lot of other characters. So I felt like it gave us some nice glimpses of them, but it also shaped the story around the idea that so much of this comes from Dick, who was trained by Batman, and how much that legacy still affects the team, as well as its membership as well as the fact that Robin was a part of that team for a little while. And, you know, who Jason Todd is now and, and what that means for how the team tries to, you know, handle that challenge and then also be true to who they want to be. It's it's fallen apart before. So it'll be interesting to see how they survive this one and, and what the result is. What was your take? I, I, I babbled, but... Uh, you know the whole jumping the shark phenomenon. One of the things that I love about Titans is that it seems like a show that's definitely on the ascent. Like every season's getting better. And I know we're only third like the third season, but I, I, I think that this trailer makes me feel like it's still in that getting better and better phase. Like it's way far away from jumping the shark. And I, it's fun to watch that come together. And this definitely, definitely looks dark. And um, in some ways, one of the darker takes on the Jason Todd story that I've seen outside of Death in the Family. And that's very, very intriguing to me. So, yeah, I, I, I am... You know, in the last, like, when the first season came out, I, I binged it. I waited until it was out and then binged it. And the second season, I uh, I kind of waited until, like, five or six episodes were out. And then I started watching it. But with this one, I think I'm going to jump in, you know, and watch it as it comes out. Because I'm really intrigued about what they are, what they're doing with this. So, yeah, this is... It, I hate to keep saying it, but this is one of those examples of why it's a great time to be a DC fan. Yeah, this but we is, love it when you say that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I can't help it. <laughs> uh, I'm moving on, uh, we and this is this definitely one of my favorite stories of the week is that we got a little bit of a teaser for Why the Last Man. Uh, what was your What was your take on this? I love that it played up the idea that we're such a data-driven people right now. Stats mean a lot to us, you know? (laughs) What percentage of things that we rely on on a daily basis still exist after the events that kickstart Why the Last Man? And so many different factors that are complicated by the story. I love that the teaser also, it doesn't have to give us more than those facts and the information that sort of will frame the story like we 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 don't get to see different characters sort of pop up in any sort of you know this was an interesting teaser that 
it alluded to the show without having to do the trailer side of things, in my opinion. Um, and it did a nice job of that because it, it reminded me of that great thing that, you know, when they were doing Matrix and they would have those posters, just what is the Matrix? Really yeah. great marketing strategy. This reminds right. me of a same feeling. You know, it's like, mm. what is this thing? <laughs> well, thing's a mystery. So let's start with the mystery to open a mystery. What was your take, man? You know, yeah, and just as such a fan of the source material, I mean, it's it's up there for me. Just the idea that it's actually happening just yeah, takes my breath away. Like it just, you know, I it kind of felt like when I saw the first trailer for Preacher, something that I never would thought I would see become reality. And I just think that if this show is done well, and judging by this teaser, it will be. This this show will be something that a lot of people are talking about, especially these days. So I think that, um, you know, like like we saw with the Watchmen TV series, is it really sparked talk and conversation? Um, it, it, I think it's why the Tulsa race riots have become such a big um, topic as well because it was shown on that and it just started that debate and brought that up like why don't we talk about this more but I, I think that s- certain things like that can be w- we might see in why the last man uh, I think it's very timely and um, uh, yeah, I'm just glad it exists and I just I hope it's I hope it's done well so yeah I, I this is another thing that I can't wait for so <laughs> oh man fandom everything's so, coming up Brad yeah yeah <laughs> Um, our next story, our last TV streaming news story, is that Phil Lamar is going to suit up as Green Lantern in the Superhero Diaries YouTube series. Uh, what was your take on this? If you're going to get a guy to dress up as Green Lantern, why not get the guy who voiced Jon Stewart in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited? Because it makes all the sense in the world. Not only that, but... Phil Lamar also has a great track record of comedy. You know, he's definitely demonstrated that he understands um, comedic timing, the the way that the littlest things make a difference, and especially because of what he's already demonstrated through voice, which is like this whole projection thing that images on the screen, you know, (laughs) like you have to make them come to life with your voice, and the, the best voice actors do that. So then taking someone who already has that great, experience using it with great comedic timing experience and then putting them in a parody that that just makes all the sense in the world um this sounds pretty awesome i wasn't as aware of superhero diaries until recently when this story started like buzzing around everywhere and um it's just a couple days away as we're recording it so i feel like if you've been looking forward to a file hey it's really close and if you didn't know well there's time to uh jump on in how about you? Was this something that was already on your radar? No, that's exactly what I was going to say about this story. <laughs> is that I didn't even know this existed or was going to exist. So I, I think on my agenda for when we're done recording this podcast is to go and kind of. It says in the article that it it had a soft launch, kind of with a few mini episodes shot during the pandemic. So I think I might check those out before I uh, before I go to bed. But uh, yeah, and, and you're right. Phil Lamar is the perfect. Why not get the guy who voices him in uh, Justice League uh, Unlimited? So that's that's perfect. And he does. He understands comedy timing. It sounds like a perfect a perfect fit. 
And if you watch that little trailer, some of the stuff looks really funny. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I like the little line where Black Widow and Wonder Woman are talking and uh, Wonder Woman asked Black Widow, why was your movie delayed? Why was yours? COVID. Ah, got it. <laughs> so little <laughs> things like that. And just that, that that was good timing. So I think this this might be a kind of a, a fun little series. So I'm kind of looking forward to it. And I'm glad that this story put it on my radar. So it's 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 there's so much content at this point uh, that it's, things are bound to fall between the cracks. So it's good that this was brought to to our attention so that we can all check it out. And with that, we're going to take a uh, quick break and hear from our sponsors. But we got a lot of comic book news ahead. So stick around and we will be right back. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien... Everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNews35. That's D-C-N-E-W-S-35. DCNews35. Use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us, right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. Picture this, someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC Universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. 
<laughs> Here's hoping. <laughs> we're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're gonna be yeah. talking about we're gonna be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't. Want- God damn it. Look, all right. We're gonna Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes. Content creation reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's seasoned, but whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. Welcome back to uh, episode 126 of the DC Comics News podcast. Uh, we are on to the comic book news portion, and we have a lot of it. So let's just jump on in uh, with a couple of uh, stories about uh, Batman 89. We've got a more detailed look at Robin, and we got a first look at some of the art and inside pages. Uh, so, Seth, is this something you're going to be picking up? Yeah, I'm down, man. I'm so down. It makes all the sense in the world. I mean, the Robin one really kicked it off for me when I was looking back over that art. And the stitching that they zoom in on for the yeah. R, that really nice stitch circle around it. As well as the the mask, it really resonates with me now. The the, the spoiler style face covering um, reminds me of like the old eighties movies when there was like a ninja character would have this like very specific face covering. Um, and I mean, you start flipping through all those pictures, and there's so many great covers to go with it. Um, the inside art when you get to that next story and you start glancing through. All of it looks like it's drawn, like while that soundtrack or the movie and or both are playing in the background. Uh, <laughs> those were all like some really fun things that that just made this story, you know, pop a bit. And also that feeling of like, I remember when people were getting like the buzz cuts with the bat symbol and all sorts of stuff, like shaved into their head. This was huge, and I remember that feeling as I look over these pictures and just that lovely weighted dark world that we got to enjoy for those first two movies and man uh mr burton we owe you big time on that and i love an homage comic like this what about you um was either yeah. one your favorite or what was your big you know favorite? you know when we talked uh about the robin costume i it might have been last um last episode one of the things that i said was i hope we get the billy d williams harvey dent and we did so that is really i love that i love that that that's looks like that's going to be the two-face we're getting uh and yeah man this just takes me right back when summer 1989 started i uh i got one batman shirt and i think by the end of that summer i had like 
six or seven. So this just takes me right back. Like everybody was wearing the Batman shirts and, oh man. Yeah, that was, um, if now's a great time to be a DC fan, that was a great time to be a Batman fan. And, uh, we do owe a lot to that movie. Uh, that movie really brought back the comic book movie as much as the first Superman kind of started the, the craze. This brought it back. And, uh, I, I can't wait to revisit the world and the art looks it looks great you're right it feels like they listen to the soundtrack i can hear prince in my head as i look at that artwork so yeah this is this is one as much as i like the batman 66 and the wonder woman 77 comics this one uh i'm gonna love i think so yeah i'm definitely gonna pick this up and uh, moving on it looks like green arrow and aquaman are going to be teaming up for a miniseries this fall uh what was uh what was your take on this i love it when there's a good team up that you know is going to be a conflict of characters like these two don't always get along (laughs) i mean a lot of times there could be some big mouthing off and then let's be honest like ollie's favorite thing in the world is to just figure out who it is that's usually venom and figure out if he can just you know you know, just get the elbow in a little bit. Like, just get under the, you know, find that little weakness in the armor and just needle somebody until they make them react and then sort of see what they're really about. I love that feeling, you know, of, of him doing that with someone like Aquaman. And I also love that Aquaman's been through a pretty interesting series of events. He's a former king, which is just cannon fodder for, uh, for Ollie. There's There's a lot of material there. But at the same time, like... Ali's also recently in um, in stories like uh, Justice League has taken a few closer looks at life, his relationship with Dinah, their future together. So I think there could be some great moments to laugh, uh, enjoy two of them sort of proving to each other just how good they really are, what they can do. And then also I think they're going to you know see some growth between the two of them because these are guys who are sort of redefining themselves in in a time in which you know they've already gone through so much and yet they have this growing awareness of things like the omniverse as well as a threat that they can work on together which i love the allusion to this article to previous stories they've been in together and and also that feeling of like people going if you haven't considered it before so what's green arrow going to do underwater or you know how much of it's going to happen or there's some fun stuff to enjoy that I think the story is going to bring us through. But also, I just love that these are great characters to tell that kind of a story with. Like, everybody knows hard traveling heroes, you know, Green Lantern and Green Arrow. But who knows what sort of precedent could be set with a great pairing like Green Arrow and Aquaman. What was your take on Yeah, I think one of the things that gets me interested in this story is just that um, I, I don't remember too many team-up stories between the two of them so i i'm interested in like you were saying how that dynamic works and uh you know i think in ways what would make those two work together and i'm kind of just curious to see how it all comes together exactly what the story is about so yeah i I, i'm i'm interested um i I tell you, lately I've been such a sucker in, in picking up DC books on the newsstand. Um, there's just so much interesting stuff, and I'm, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on a DC Comics podcast, but 
just the things that they're doing in the books has been really cool. This is just going to continue that. So this is probably uh, one of those ones that's going to get in the uh, in the poll list. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's you're it's, not alone, man. It's OK. Yeah. It happens yeah. to all of us. That's on Future State. I couldn't, I, you know, going into Future State, I was like, well, I'm not going to get all these issues. And darn it, I did. And since they relaunched certain series after that, I've been, well, I'm not going to get that, but I ended up wanting to check it out and getting sucked <laughs> in. So it's like, what's that line from The Godfather? Just when I'm out, they suck me back in. This is just, this is just one of those series that's going to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, this is an, yet another thing I'm looking forward to. Uh, and uh, now the next story is that um, the Superman and the Authority release schedule has changed. Now, we've talked ad nauseum on this podcast about delays and, and uh, but at least this one, they were, we got a reason. Uh, what was your, uh, what was your take on this? This is one of the more interesting things that I've heard before based on retailer feedback and then nothing. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and it seems like they're even making the second issue returnable, but um they want to see apparently what customers' responses are going to be like to the first two issues and decide whether or not they want to order for the rest. But also it feels like there's an awareness of like there's a lot going on. Like, you know, like you just mentioned, between future state and everything else, sometimes folks need to just catch their breath for just a minute. <laughs> Maybe their wallet, Maybe both do. I don't know. But I, I do feel like this is a reflection of the fact that for whatever reason, the response that they got was, hey, okay, so we want to see how this goes. All right? We, we just want to see how this goes. And, I mean, I'm intrigued by the fact that we've got some really great characters that I always enjoyed. And the authority for me were, were just a lot of fun. So I'm just sort of wondering how this one will end up um, playing out. Because... I think with the authority, there, there's a challenge to agree of they did a lot when they had the original run. You know, they did a lot. <laughs> How much mm-hmm. more can you do? How much more is there an interest from readers? Like, was that one of the readers, one of the reasons, sorry, that the authority didn't continue through this time and why it's being relaunched now with Superman? And also, how are people going to feel about whatever that collaboration looks like or that storyline does so uh, i'm interested in this one i feel like it's got more of a story to tell and we're going to get more about it later so uh, for the most part i'm just sort of saying a lot of what i'm saying just based on reaction brad what was your take Mm -hmm. uh yeah i think it is okay to let uh to let collectors catch their breath and catch up on some things before right you know every two weeks having an issue out um, I, I think that's perfectly fine. I think that, um, like you said, with everything going on within these stories, it, 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 it's all right to pump the brakes just a little bit. And plus, if this is Grant Morrison's last story for DC for a while, let people savor it. You know, don't don't make them gulp it down quick. You know, let them let them enjoy it. So, yeah, I, I think this makes and I think it makes sense to to delay it once a month instead of twice a month. I think that's acceptable. And moving on, uh, Nubia is going to get her own miniseries. Uh, 
now that she's been made queen of the Amazons. So is this a book that you'll be picking up? Yes, I <laughs> swear. They make it so easy with that limited run, you know, yeah. six yeah. issues. Like, I and and I even was like, well, maybe sort of, and then I read the Tom King, uh, Cara Zor-El, and I was like, yes, add it to my list. God, yeah. why do I do that to myself? Yeah. <laughs> so I already know with this one, I'm not even going to mess around. Like, yeah, I'm going to get it. Um, I love that cover. Such a really cool, fun feel to it. Like a lot of just power, majesty. There, there was there was a lot to enjoy just from that little tease of that. Plus, you know, I really enjoyed the way they presented Nubia in the uh, Infinite Frontier, number zero. And then also just how she's been, you know, part of the conversation for the recent Wonder Girl storyline. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch Nubia shine and also what it's going to mean for her as uh, a leader, you know, someone who's actually sitting on the throne. People are looking to. They have a past way of doing things, but whenever there's a change in leadership, that's always an adjustment for just about everybody. Amazons also. What was your take on Yeah, I, I always, I, I've always been curious about what they were going to do and how they were going to explore that part of the story from Future State. So I'm glad that we're going to get this series. I think it's necessary. And, uh, yeah, I, I think the Nubia character is really cool and in a really cool position there's a lot of cool storytelling that can happen so yeah i think this is going to be another one of those ones that's going to be put on uh, on my pull list so darn it dc stop making so many good books or at least books that i'm curious <laughs> about <laughs> but yeah i think this is this is going to be um uh a good story and i you know you brought up the limited run it's only six issues i think that uh, I, I think that's cool, too, because it's a concise story, you know, beginning, middle, end. Uh, and uh, I, I kind of like that idea. Not that I wouldn't mind if she had her own series, but th- that you can get that big chunk of story in six issues. And, uh, yeah, it just it does, uh, you know, it does intrigue me. I, I want to see what's what's going to happen. So, yep, it's going to be one that I'm picking up. And next story is that. Cliff Chang is going to return to DC with Catwoman Lonely City. Uh, what did you think of this? So, Harvey Dent's mayor? What the hell? Um, <laughs> this is a wild story. You know, Selena comes back. It's a four issue black label. So, I'm, I'm always intrigued by what they're doing with the black label. It gives them a chance to sort of do and push a little bit more. But I also love the idea of, you know, if you grew up somewhere and you come back, it's always different, no matter how much time it is between when you left and when you return. Selena's coming back after Gotham has, quote-unquote, grown up. And um, she's also spent some time in prison. She's, um, <laughs> she's also aware of the fact that there was a huge massacre that, well, took out a lot of, of the heroes and villains that we know of. And it, it seems like this should be an interesting place to sort of drop her into and see what Gotham's like now. I mean, I really enjoyed the recent Van V storylines with Catwoman about Alleytown and her taking over the nest and things like that, and strays. So I'm interested what this sort of approach would be on her part, not putting on the costume a little bit older, 
And then maybe putting on the costume. Because sometimes, even though you're older, there's still stuff you want to do when you were, you know, young. What was your take on? Yeah, um, I love the cover. I'm not, <laughs> I don't necessarily like orange, but this cover really uses the color orange in a cool way. So I, I, the cover alone, before I even read the story, got me kind of hooked. But yeah, it's it's a very interesting concept is that 10 years after Batman, the Joker, Nightwing, and Commissioner Gordon were killed, Selina Kyle is, uh, has gone to prison. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just love what DC's doing with their characters and the freedom that they're giving these writers to play with. And, uh, yeah, I'm just curious about, you know, what this story is about. So this is probably another one that I'm going to be going to be reading for sure. And we have so much comic news this week that we are going to take a, another break. So uh, stick around here from some sponsors and we will be right back. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, editor-in-chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now, you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNEWS35. That's dcnews Three five DC News thirty five. Use that code and receive thirty five percent off site wide at insighteditions.com. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack, and now the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the night a story about the stories a show celebrating batman the animated series week by week episode by episode just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones i am the night Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogur. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** that. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. 
I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. All right, and we are back to episode 126 of the DC Comics News Podcast, and we are continuing on with the comic book news, and man, these next string of stories, I really wish Steve was here to give us his input, but I know he is listening, so Steve, when you come back on the podcast, we want to hear your take on some of these stories. Uh, Up. First is that they're getting another new series uh, where the patients in Arkham overrun overrun Gotham City. And uh, the series is going to be called Arkham City, The Order of the World. Uh, what was your take on this, though? I think this is a really fun thing because, you know, Infinite Frontier had um, a day, as it's been called. But then there was sort of like a period of time that was there were elements of that, that that weren't really followed through all the way, that, that you knew that more happened. And now we get the chance to sort of see it all take place and see how many events that are connected to storylines that we saw in either Future State or the more recent Batman stories. And I think this approach is really sort of a fun way to just delve into so many things that Infinite Frontier kind of kickstarted. And also, ah, six-issue series. Yeah. They know. They just know. They know I'm weak. They know I fall for these things. You're listening, aren't you, DC? Well, tell you what, <laughs> as long as you're using some of our ideas in the future, we'll just keep buying stuff because it's just this good. And yeah, yeah, Steve, you're out there listening. We know you got stuff to say, man. Don't hold back. Tell us how you really feel. Brad, how about you? How do you really feel? Yeah, I I like this idea. Um, you know, in the the whole attack on Arkham Asylum that happened recently in the comics um, was kind of earth shattering for Batman. So I think this is something that kind of needs to be explored. So yeah, I'm very very intrigued by this series. So yeah, I will. This is another one that I'll probably be reading. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, oh. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I was gonna add one last thing too. Dan Waters, are you kidding me? Like yeah. this guy melted my heart with Lucifer. His coffin bound was phenomenal. Yeah, him taking over a story like this, I just wanted to add that on top. Like, yeah, yeah isn't it a great time to be alive when Dan Waters is writing a, a Gotham story in Arkham? Yeah. Story? <laughs> yeah, I I often say that there's nothing quite like a well told Batman story in comics, and. I will also say that there's also nothing quite like a well-told Arkham Asylum story. And I think that that's what we're going to be getting in this. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely keeping my eye out for this. Uh, Up next, more Batman. Uh, We are going to get a gritty noir version of Gotham in a new series, Batman the Imposter. Uh, what What was your take on this? <sighs> three issue because i can say no to that right because no i can't you know why i can't uh <laughs> a 
couple of things really caught my attention with this. Localized print versions. I mean, uh, how many different territories is it going to be printed in? I, I didn't count up the total, but it definitely breaks yeah, down. Right? Um, got to be impressed with the fact that you've got Sorrentino, who's already done some amazing um, Batman work, Joker Killer Smile, uh, Batman Smile Killer, Green Arrow. Like, this is somebody who's done some really great work. And the poster is... A really fun take. I love that with the costume, with that that broken sort of glass shattering thing going on behind him. Um, and man, are you kidding me? Three issues? Yeah, I'll probably get it. I'll probably pay. I don't mind. Um, and I love it when these fans, you know, these people who are working out say, "Yeah, I'm a lifelong fan. Um, <laughs> I finally get to work on a character I love." We all know what that feeling would be like. You know, that was our opportunity. So I I love that we get a chance to see this. And also we know that it's going to be early in his career. So a lot of fun things to consider, to enjoy. Fab, what, what was your response? Uh, I, I wouldn't exactly say this is flicky fashions, but I will say that you were talking about that poster. And I don't think that the similarities between the way Batman looks and the way Robert Pattinson's Batman looks is a coincidence. Uh, I think that this series is definitely going to whet our appetite for the Batman film because the Batman film is looking to be gritty and noir just like this. And the costume seems very similar with the smaller Batman ears, which is something that everybody, including me, complained about. But now I'm kind of getting used to. And this picture does make me like those smaller ears even more than I had. So I'm really coming around to those small ears, I got to say. But, um, yeah, and it also takes place earlier in his career, like the Batman film is going to be. So I think that uh, it, it's a definite interesting comparisons between the two stories. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is another one that I think I will probably be picking up. I mean, there's just so much Batman stuff out there that, um, you know, once again, great time to be a Batman fan as well. So, uh Oh, yeah, DC, just take my money. That's what it is. Might as well just sign my paycheck over to you. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do? And uh, the next story is that we are going to be getting a sequel to uh, Zero Points, where it looks like Batman and Fortnite are going to collide yet again. Uh, What was your take on this? (laughs) <laughs> I love this kind of story. And I love when everyone's like, yeah, it's done, right? And Scott Steyer's like, I have an idea. 48 pages later, we have a, a one shot. <laughs> and I, I feel like that's that's just a, a boon, like a blessing, right? Like an embarrassment of riches. Um, so there's there's been so much fun already. And I also get a kick out of this little moment that's suggested between Batman and one of his, well... Most well-regarded enemies. And yeah, man, um, it's in the right hand when you've got someone like Snyder playing with just how far you can push things. What was your take? I find it funny that when we when we interviewed Scott Snyder, one of his points that he kept coming back to was that, well, I'm stepping away from the big superhero books for a bit to do my own thing. And then, boom, here he comes back. You know, the, he just couldn't stay away, poor guy. Um, but you know, we, 
I, I don't think this surprised anybody because Zero Point was very successful, not just from a sales standpoint, but uh, I think the story itself surprised people on how much they liked it and responded to it. So, and the the ending definitely kind of set up a sequel. So, uh, yeah, I, I think all the, you know, I, I remember going into shops on Wednesdays where that Zero Point Issues came out and it looked like everybody had a copy in their hands and there was more people there those weeks because the Fortnite fans were picking up the comic. Um, and I think this is going to bring them back. I think, uh, yeah, and with the writer like scott snyder we're in good hands so it's going to be just as good as the first one so uh yeah uh, as much as they're taking my money this is like a license to print money for them because this is gonna it's gonna sell out every issue so you hear it from me first folks pick this up the day it comes out because it's gonna sell out <laughs> <laughs> and moving on i We've talked a lot of gritty Batman, but now we're getting more of a kind of comedic take on Batman with uh, the podcast Audio Adventure is going to come to comics. So, yeah, Batman, the Audio Adventures, if you're a fan of the podcast, uh, get ready. It's going to be coming to with a one shot issue. Uh, What was your take on this? This is really fun. I love it when you're having so much fun doing an audio that you're like, let's do a comic. Come on, let's do a comic. And then they go ahead and jump together and boom, here you got it. Like, there's nothing better than a labor of love. There's nothing more enjoyable than hearing about something starting in one medium or main uh, sort of area and then gradually just crossing over. And, dude, what a great cover. I I love that picture with the the old-style microphone with batman on top and that great cast of villains behind him and what a great again what a great noir feel like for me that just harkens back to some of those earliest mysteries and that great sort of gritty possibility because that was always something that radio offered to you a little bit just a little bit of like ooh, this is a little more involved than just reading something like you can hear it there's a tone there's a a feeling and i love that they're channeling that into a great comic book idea what about you Mike? i really like people who are involved here from the comedy side of things bobby moynihan heidi gardner paul Shear. those are pretty big names and i watching heidi gardner on saturday night live i never would have taken it for a batman fan so i'm really curious what her contributions are going to be like uh yeah this could be a lot of fun uh, I'm going to have to go and, uh, you know, confession time here. I've never heard this podcast, so I'm going to have to go and uh, check this out. So, uh, yeah, this could be this could be a fun, a fun take on Batman. Um, so it's probably another one that I'm going to be picking up. <laughs> oh, what are you doing to me, DC? So and uh, looks like we're going to get some more horror books uh, through uh, the you know, the DC horror imprint, and we're going to get uh, Soul Plumber coming. Uh, what was your take on this? Dude, what's not to love about a guy called the Soul Plumber? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, one, there's just a lot of great potential there, and I really enjoyed that. I also felt like, you know, DC really kind of stumbled into something amazing, and we're going to talk more about 
just how well horror comics have done for them. You know, they, they really just tapped into something that people were looking for and they've responded with great stories. I mean, great concepts. I I've loved all the stuff that's been coming from DC and, and this concept of, uh, you know, what it is to be the, uh, the soul plumbers and, and what it is to sort of like enact this sort of plan. This looks really fun, a little dark, a little nefarious. There's some great things to enjoy here. What was your take, man? Yeah, I love that DC has really gone and doubled down on the whole horror thing. I was, uh, you know, between what we were talking about, I believe it was also last week, about the the um, Comic-Con panels that are announced. And the DC Horror is um, having a panel. So I was hoping to get more news on new titles because I was so hoping that they would really use this imprint to their advantage and it looks like they are and this is a very interesting kind of original concept and these days finding something original is very hard to do but the whole idea of the soul plumbers and and stealing the blueprints for the machine and just read the story i don't give away too much but that's it seems like a very interesting story so this is um yeah this is another one that i'm probably gonna pick up and also uh, this is another great bit of news for core fans is that Hill House Comics is returning with refrigerator full of heads. And what was your take on this? <laughs> for starters, I mean, come on, DC. I have to respect you for laughing at yourselves. Like, you got to be willing to do it every once in a while. And to do it with someone who is, you know, well aware of the fact that they can play off not only that, but also the wonderful basket full of heads. Um, you know, now we've got the uh, <clears throat> refrigerator full of heads, and and just just what does that mean? You know, for our characters from Basketful, did we did we bring them back around? Did we, uh, you know, see any favorites return? Because a lot of them did die in the original series, and then also, you know, what will be the implement? Is it the refrigerator? That you know, because if you've read Basketful of Heads. One of the fun ideas was if your head was chopped off using the special axe, it, you, your head was still conscious and talking. So then is it the refrigerator or some other element that, you know, makes it happen? Is it the same axe? There's a lot of fun to be had here in a new environment um, and all the things you can sort of play with. Because if there's one thing about the refrigerator, it looks like it's in a mildly creepy location. And that alone just makes horror environments always a great place to tell stories. So I feel like this just alludes to all the things we enjoyed, sets up our expectations for some fun to be had. Brad, what was your take? Yeah, the axe is back. And I think we can all agree that you can fit more heads in a refrigerator than a basket. So I think we're going to get more horror and mayhem and craziness. Uh, And I was, you know, when they launched, you know, DC horror. I was kind of afraid that Hill House would be left in the dust, but I'm glad that uh, that it's coming back. So, uh, yeah, you know, anything Joe Hill related, I'm down for. Even if he didn't write the series, um, I think his his DNA will kind of be all over the story. Um, so, yeah, this is this is one that I'm psyched. And it's coming out October 19th, so perfect timing for Halloween too. So, kind of love that little that little bonus. So yeah, they had a plan. They yep, got a plan. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Hate> <laughs> coming. 
<laughs> Perfect timing. So, and uh, speaking of darkness, we're getting two new series, uh, Task Force Z and DC vs. Vampires. So what was your take on this? Well, I think if anyone can put an interesting and fun spin on a DC Vampires idea, it's Matthew Rosenberg, you know, in collaboration with uh, James Tynan, you know, doing a little co-writing together. Um, because that guy has done some purely nasty, wonderful stuff with uh, Nice House on the Lake, Something's Killing the Children. You know, he's, he's really recognized that he has a way of, of, of doing something great with that. And I was reading a thing from him recently that was saying, you know, apparently way back in the days when he was, you know, blueprinting his plan to do a run on Batman that was supposed to end at number 100, that didn't, (laughs) that this was one of the ideas he'd thrown out there. And for whatever reason, they finally came around and bit. And um, they asked if he would still be down, even though he was busy to co-write. And then they got Otto Schmidt coming in, which I think is just like, from what he described, that was the name he threw out that they'd never agreed to. And they did. Um, um, and you've got borrows and yeah, so you've got a great team up here. And then when it comes to task force, Z, I love the concept of, yeah, taking the suicide squad and making it a little bit worse. How do you make it worse? Well, instead of blowing up their heads, which, you know, you probably can still do with them. You've animated the dead and you've weaponized them. Creepy, creepy, creepy fun. And what's not to enjoy about that? Like, (laughs) as you also said, these are also slated for release in October. So, yeah, DC is pretty much going to make sure that, you know, if you thought you were going to a Halloween party, you're not. You're going to spend all your money on these books. You're going to be broke for the end of October. And, you know, read the books. Get spooked. Have some fun. Brad, what about you? You know, don't get me wrong. I I love Tynan and Rosenberg, but 12 issues? Uh, where now <laughs> Nubia gets six? Like, do you really need twelve issues to tell a DC vs. Vampire story? But hey, I I will say I'm sure they do because it's Tynan and Rosenberg. I'll just come along for the ride. So yeah, this will probably be uh, a lot of fun. And Task Force Z, yeah, it's a logical conclusion of stepping from the bombs in the back of your head to animating the dead why not so i think that 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 does seem like an almost logical next step of what task force x would want to do so this could be it could be a fun series as well so yeah man i i i I just think that this week has had um a lot of fun reveals especially in the comic side of things so yeah we've got a lot to look forward to between now and uh, the end of the year. And with that, that wraps up another episode of the DC Comics News uh, podcast. Uh, so, Seth, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Uh, come find me here. You can find me hanging out with Brad and the rest of the gang on the DC Comics News Weekly podcast. Most weeks, um, every once in a while, I got to step away, but Try to be here as much as possible. They're such a great group. There's always great stories. You can find me hosting The Spinner Rack, uh, my top five picks from DC Comics each and every week, as well as hanging out with this same gang when we get just a little raunchier talking about Harley Quinn on Mad Love. 
So for all those things, oh, and you can even catch me doing reviews for DC Comics News. So just come here, stay here. I'll be here. Brad, how about you? Yeah, you can find me writing news and reviews for DC Comics News. You can find me on the Mad Love podcast. And you can find me uh, on Twitter at uh, FlickyB1. And as far as DC Comics News, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, and uh, you can follow us on all social media. Uh, DC Comics News. And... Uh, uh, yeah, be sure to also check out the other podcasts that are part of our DC Comics News Network, the Spinner Rack, hosted by the one and the only Seth Singleton, uh, Mad Love, and uh, I Am the Night, hosted by Steve J. Ray, which is an episode-by-episode episode breakdown of Batman the Animated Series. And you can also check out DC After DC News After Dark on, uh, on YouTube. So that's it. That wraps up episode 126 of the DC Comics News Podcast. And before we go, we like to uh, say a little phrase that everybody should be doing. And that is to read more comics. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Until next week.